Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and joining me today is Jenna Parkany, founder and CEO of JC Creative Media. Jenna's a young female entrepreneur who knows the significance and power of resilience. After losing her older brother tragically in a house fire in 2017, she learned quickly how impactful that experience would be on the trajectory of her life. A sophomore in college at the time, Jenna was determined to find the greater purpose for the pain she was experiencing and realized her dreams were very much worth chasing. After college, Jenna moved from the Midwest to Central Florida and landed her dream job. When that job ended due to the pandemic, she was left with no choice but to be resilient again. Two years later, she owns her own digital marketing company where she helps business owners share their unique experiences and stories with the world. Thank you so much for being here. And I'm so deeply sorry for your loss. I know there are no words. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to, to share a bit of my story with your audience. And it's a great story. I feel like we have that choice when we go through something terrible of sinking or figuring out how to swim and you are swimming madly. So um, tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, sinking or swimming, great way to put it. Sometimes, you know, you're thrown into the water and you're not sure um, which way you're going to, you're going to land. But um, yeah, so I was, in Northern Ohio, I grew up there. I went to a college 20 minutes away from my family home. Um, and I had really a passion for business marketing and management and um, just a lot of creativity was flowing through me. Um, and like I, you said in my bio, I had that experience happen midway point through my college career. Um, and it, it took a lot of thinking of what, what am I going to do now with my life? Is this the right path? Is this something that I want to pursue? What, what dreams are out there that I had been thinking about that, you know, am I going to have time to chase them? You know, I think when you see life taken unexpectedly like that, it really makes you think, wow, um, <laughs> what, what am I going to squeeze out of life in, in this moment in time? So I, I went full full foot on the gas I would say um and just wanted to move to Florida I always wanted to be in the sunshine I, I really wasn't a fan of the cold up north <laughs> um and I, I loved you know Disney and and being in this environment I had been vacationing here for years and years so um that was part of the plan and then obviously what what job would I have if I moved here what was what was that dream and I think again part of me always wanted to work at Disney and luckily um, I had the experience and, and I was able to, to land that role post-grad. So I moved to Florida and I was loving it here. I wouldn't say, um, I think a lot of people now are realizing their dream jobs aren't really their dream jobs. You know, they're, they're taking, you know, a peel behind the curtain there. So obviously there were some things that happened um, when I was with Disney that, you know, I wasn't totally in love with, but the pandemic kind of made that decision for me. Um, and I ended up leaving that role. So come full circle two years later, which is crazy. Um, I started my own digital marketing company. I'd done a lot of digital marketing in college and I had, again, that, that drive for creativity and um, a lot of the similar patterns had shown up like with that resilience and, and what do you really want to do with your life? What, what dreams are you, you know, 
you know, haven't chased yet or, or what, what's still coming to fruition. So um, again, full, <laughs> full foot on the gas and we went for it and, and I'm very lucky and I'm very grateful and, and I'm still here in Central Florida. I don't plan on leaving anytime soon. It's beautiful here. Um, and yeah, that was, that's kind of the full circle moment. It's, it's very interesting to think about it. Um, my brother's now been gone for five years and to think of all the little moments in time that have happened since then um, are insane. But it, that resilience that I learned from that experience really is the driving force for a lot of decisions that I make in my life. So I want to know how I don't think there's any age that you're prepared to deal with something. But in the middle of college, like I, I couldn't focus when I first lost Jim reading, which is something that I love. I couldn't even do it. So I'm thinking, how did you get yourself through school? Yeah, that, you know, I think a lot of people expected me to take a step back, take a, you know, a semester or two. The timing, I don't want to say the timing was great, but um, he had passed away during finals week. So it was that Friday. Um, so I had been done with school in that semester and um, I had a few campus jobs lined up and things like that going over the summer. Um, which I obviously took a step back from and work and things like that. But um, I kind of had the summer to go through that grieving process and realign my mindset and really think about if I could go back to school. I mean, there's no timeline for grief or, or for healing or um, for a lot of that. I mean, all of the summer, I think I was really still in shock. Um, and it wasn't, it, it wasn't until you kind of, I mean, if you know, I'm sure anyone who's been in school can relate. The summer is like a very weird, like, time where you have, you have like lack of responsibilities, but you have this like shadow of, I have to go back to school at some point. So, and your routine's a little bit different, right? In the summer. So when I went back to school in the fall, I think when I got back into routine, that's when it all started to unravel for me. And so it took a lot of discipline and a lot of making sure I wasn't, you know, distracting myself with other things or, you know, what, what am I prioritizing and things like that. Um, but really my, my, extracurriculars I always say like being around people that were supportive of me um, I was very lucky that I was involved in a sorority in college I was involved in um, you know I was a music and arts festival club uh, tons of marketing you know things here there and whatever leadership positions so um, that really was a huge part of my healing and being around people that were supportive of me and, and a little bit of distraction right so having you know things that I could put my energy into that wasn't, you know, that sorrow and that grief and, and thinking about, well, oh, he's not here. He's not here. He's not here. It was, I, I had a lot of distraction that I was able to, to lean on. And I think that's, what's important where you find that. Um, and, and there is no correct timeline. I think that there are people who have expectations of us, um, you know, and everybody thought I would go right back to work and I did take time. And, uh -huh. and so there's, it, it's, what path is right for you I just do not know like the discipline of studying when I couldn't even read a book I enjoyed um, mm -hmm. that just shows that you made a decision and committed to it and I think that is part of the healing process that people don't see is that we have so many choices along the way and that that kept you going yeah I think it, it it's funny because with grief and with loss, I, there are so many like taboo, like, you know, expectations and you can do it this way or that way. And it's like, there's nothing really right or wrong. Right. And 
you know, come, come now where I am and I'm in therapy now. And I talk about, you know, my brother and his impact a lot more. I realized maybe there was a lot of me at that point in time that was distracting a little too much too. So I think for where I was at in my life, it was a really unique opportunity, but had not going through those things and having those distractions, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to push myself or have that ambition to move to Florida, you know, so it kind of kept the momentum building for me. But like you said, it was a decision I had to make at the time, you know, are we going to, you know, be sad and, and sit and, and, and I'm not going to get, I only have, I'm in college for this amount of time in my life. I really don't want to stop school. I love school. I love what I do. So yeah, it, it's making a tough decision, but I mean, other people in my family, it was, it was complete opposite reaction. And, you know, we all had to kind of, kind of be very sympathetic of that and, and be very understanding of, of who wanted to do what, but yeah, I did feel, I think a bit of um, guilt or, you know, kind of a little bit of shame. It's like, well, she seems, it seems like she's doing fine, right? Like you hear that, like, oh, you're, you're handling it so well. And it's like behind the scenes, you know, you have like this monster kind of like of grief, like tugging at you um, in your heart. So, yeah. That's, I think what I'm thinking of. I, putting on a happy face for others didn't matter to me. I couldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. So I'm just remembering college and being constantly around people. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And like I said, I was very involved. So, um, it would, it was almost for me, like, I didn't want to let other people down either. Like I didn't want, um, still to this day, I never want to be the person in the room. That's like the Debbie Downer or like somebody that like brings the mood or like, you know, like let's make a light out of a bad situation kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I definitely, like you said, in college, you're constantly around people. It's like a very fun and like, you know, there people got enough stress going on, you know what I mean? So um, I definitely took it upon myself to make sure I wasn't, you know, in a negative headspace whenever I was out or around people. Yeah. And then you move, which is another major life transition in that time frame. And I don't know if that was really difficult on top, but I have clients who struggle with the losses just for moving, being further away from your family. Yeah, it, it was not all sunshine and rainbows. I will say that people were like, oh, you moved from Ohio to Florida. Like that has been the greatest thing ever. And it, it was absolutely, I don't regret it ever. But, um, you know, you leave behind for me, you know, I have, I had three brothers. So I had, my mom still had two, you know, children with her there, but, um, you know, it was hard for me to make that decision because I felt like I was, you know, being dependent on a lot in my family in, in many different ways, you know, like as almost like we said a little bit earlier that optimistic or that like happy face. So I didn't want to leave and, and leave people with, I'm leaving because I don't want to deal with this or I don't like you or, you know what I mean? It was kind of this premeditated dream that I had before all this unraveled. So it was really hard. And when I moved here, oh my gosh, like making friends, <laughs> like all of those things that it comes so natural and like from a small town, you don't think about it and you get here and it is all new and exciting. It really is. But um, there's always that polarity of like, oh, I wish I could just like, you know, go like go to my friend's house, have a glass of wine, like those little things that you, you embrace when you are so close to people back home that you've known for 20 plus years. Um, so it was hard, but yeah, I, I grieved a lot. I think when I got here of the like 
the normalcy of having support close by because after he passed everybody it's like you know pull everybody come like it really brings people together and that's it's a really sad thing to think about you know obviously something so tragic but um having those people to call and checking in on you and things like that getting further away it's a little bit different of that support so that was really difficult um for me and then finding people that I trusted enough down here that I could lean on about you know my grief or my trauma and things like that so yeah it was it was a work in progress (laughs) so I'm I'm also I'm from Michigan so I'm from the Midwest I moved to Colorado to marry Jim but I made the choice to stay here which I had the same pulls you know and the guilt for staying but for me I knew it then somehow even though it wasn't a conscious awareness. I knew that going back to that environment and that weather would have been worse for me. Like I needed somewhere that I can be outside every day. And I was really healing through nature and I miss my family. And I, that not having that just around the corner was impossible, but it really, I think I would be doing so much worse if I went back there because I would have sat at home, done nothing, (laughs) been stuck inside. Yeah, it, it's so true. I mean, obviously I'm not comparing, you know, the loss, but when I lost my job at Disney, like everybody was like, okay, wouldn't we be home? <laughs> we'll get the, you know, the guest bedroom, your childhood rooms ready for you. Like, it's like, wait a second. Like I moved here, put in all this work to get here. I'm not giving up just yet. And um, yeah. And like you said, the it's weird. I try to like explain to people sometimes like Ohio is very gray. I'm sure like a lot of the Midwest is very, I mean, Michigan, it could, I can imagine. And you get like the lake effect snow and there's like, it's just very, very gray to me. It always has been. And then I came yes. to Florida and it was like this big, beautiful, bright canvas. And um, I loved that. And I love that I could, you know, take a walk outside and, and, you know, like you said, all the, your mental health really, is a product of sometimes your environment too, like, you know, a lot of the time. So I think for me, like you said, if I would have went home after that, it would have, would have been really detrimental, I think too. And, and it's not because I have a horrible family or my friends suck. Right. Like, you know? And it's hard to articulate that to people because they're like, just come home, we'll help. But it's, it's a different kind of conversation, you know? So how did you let people in? That, that is the key to healing, but it's also, the furthest thing from your mind when you're really grieving. So then you start, you you get through it, you're doing okay. And then you move and have to do it all over again. So. Yeah. I talked about this with my therapist and it helped me really put it in perspective. I always called it this like tiptoe effect where I thought when people found out that I had this loss or I went through this experience that they looked at me differently or they kind of you know beat around the bush about certain topics or they didn't want to talk about it with me and then I realized there was a lot of shame that I had been kind of projecting in my energy around like I wouldn't bring it up because I would be afraid I was going to be that Debbie Downer in the conversation and I didn't want to tell people because even though it's a huge part of me I didn't want I didn't want them to look at me differently I was like making those assumptions so then as I started opening up and like not making, you know, being a little more lighthearted around it, those conversations became so much easier and people were like so much more empathetic of my experience. And it took me actually kind of, I want to say like pulling the trigger or like kind of, you know, putting myself out there to, to be able to be more comfortable in that. So it was really kind of a self-starter attitude. It wasn't like, 
um, you know, the, the, I think some people maybe think that like one day you wake up and it doesn't hurt anymore, or, you know, it's not true. <laughs> I wish it was true, but you know, it's not. So sometimes I think too, for me, I had to make sure that I was coming off in a way that it's okay to talk about this with me. And it's, I'm totally not offended by it. I'm totally not offended by your questions. I actually, it helps me in my healing process and being really upfront about it because to other people, I mean, now I can't put myself in their shoes because I've been through something like that. But for somebody who can't wrap their head around losing a sibling or losing somebody that young, they're probably like, I just don't want to hurt their feelings. And I knew that people didn't want, you know, to be mean or to offend me in any way. So being upfront and, and kind of saying that like from the get-go really helped me build those relationships like and get over that a lot quicker. I'm so glad you mentioned that because sharing is part of healing. There's no way to do it if we have to hide it and keep it all in. So that is key. And I don't know if you went through this, but new people, even though we tell them and, and they still know what we've been through, they still see me for me. Whereas people who, my family, who I love, just like you said, my family and friends are amazing, but there's always a comparison. Like, oh, you look really well today. Yes. Yeah. Or, you know, have you been eating? You know, there's, there's, and it's not coming a place, coming from a place of hurt, but it is a comparison. So yeah. I've had this struggle where it's harder for me to see certain people that I've known for my whole life than it is for me to see the people I've let in, in the past four plus years. Yeah, no, that's a huge point. Like, I think too, I got very lucky that, you know, the way that my life was, had been timed was I have this fresh slate here, right? And that was like a year and a half, two years after I had lost my brother. So I had really kind of, it was not, it was still very fresh in my mind, but I came here and I had a little bit of feeling that I had worked on. So like you said, like they kind of just knew me for, you know, who I was and it was like, it wasn't that comparison. But now that you mentioned that, I feel like it does happen a lot more commonly. Like I'm going home next month and I feel like even now the conversations I've had with people, it's like, oh, how, you know, that back and forth or that contrast that they see. So, and they mean well, and it comes from love, but there's just a different people see us differently that met us after our loss before and after yeah it's very interesting and I think like you said people aren't those people aren't trying to offend or you know they just want what's best for you um but that's another thing with grief is it changes what's best for me changes constantly and so you have to open up to people and, and kind of let them you know especially people who are really close to you um, that what you need one day is not what you need the next. And, um, that was something I had to really navigate too. once I started getting comfortable opening up to people. Cause I was like, well, this didn't bother me, you know, a week ago, but now it's bothering me. And I don't know, did I like, can I work on this? Like what trigger is this? What's going on? And, and you get kind of confused, but that, I, I think that's just grief. It, that's, it comes in waves it ebbs and flows like, and, um, it's a tough thing to process yourself and then to articulate it to other people, you know, is, is another step. So, so it's so important that you said you want people to ask you questions and to talk about your brother. I'm the same way. And for us, we have to know that we can bring it up and it doesn't have to change the mood, but there still are people that don't want, I'm going to be honest. There are people that just like Sam, it's been almost five years. They're not my people. Yeah. And I think that's, 
or they're not the people I go to in those moments. It doesn't mean I cut them off, but I think finding the, the right people. So you can say this didn't bother me a week ago, but it's bothering me today. And they just, even if they don't get it, they get that it's what we have to go through. Right. Yeah. It's so, it comes literally out of the blue. Like, it, I mean, grief, it's like, I'm still learning so much about grief. Like you said, five years later and um, like a personal experience that I had even recently was, you know, I haven't really had holidays down here, but COVID it's been very different, but Easter was a pretty decent holiday where it felt a lot of normal. There was a lot of normalcy, you know, where people were getting together and I don't have family here, but I went and got um, with a group of friends. We went and had brunch and then I went with my boyfriend's family and all day I had this like brain fog and I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, I don't understand. Like maybe I need more sleep, something's wrong. And I got home and I was just like bursting into tears. And I was like, what like holidays didn't bother me for two years like Christmas was fine everything else is fine and now all of a sudden this holiday you know this time where you get together with your family and you you all eat together and you have those moments and like I have a lot of good childhood memories you know at holidays obviously so I was like this just came out of the dark like literally right out of the blue and I, I was really upset and you know you acknowledge it and you process it and you move on but, you know, to be around people that are understanding of that it is so important because it, it makes you feel validated. It makes you feel safe, um, which is really important. And um, it's just it's just better to have those people in your life for sure. So to anyone listening that's going through it, we're not saying you have to, you know, go to a party, <laughs> but open your mind to the concept of letting the right people in because you can call it any time of day. You don't have to say a word. Uh, it's, it's an amazing gift to let them in as scary as it might be when you're feeling that down. It can start with an online group. Uh, it can start with anything you're comfortable. It can be a grief group uh, or a therapist or somebody, but just start talking and considering, consider letting people in because you will be so grateful. I have a client who's just approaching the two-year mark of her loss. And she's like, However many months ago you said to me, when you're ready and you start letting people in, you'll see pieces of the person you lost and you know, you'll be attracted to people because this reminds you of, and she was like, I hung up and I was like, you're crazy, whatever, <laughs> you know, but now it's happening. And I know that there are people who don't get it right now and who cannot see friendships or joy. Uh, and it's a decision that you make for yourself to just let people in, let the right people in. Yeah, it, it, it's, it'll build your resilience muscle, you know, it'll make it as strong, stronger than you thought it could really ever be, you know, I think letting people in and, and being open to the idea, it, it opens your heart a little bit more, because I think when you go through a pain like that, your heart gets bruised so, so badly, it is so broken, and um, you know, I think personally for me, the only way to repair it was, you know, practicing that unconditional love with people and, and letting them in and, and seeing that side of me. So it is, it is so important, but like, yeah, take, do it when you're ready, take the time and, and the, the light bulb will go off, you know, eventually, but, but yeah, take your time in that healing process. And you might meet some of, you know, there are people who don't have the reactions that are best for you and that you need, but that's part of your path to finding the right people. So that when you have those meltdowns and you come home and you burst into tears, you're not alone. You know that there's endless people that you don't have to say a word to that just get it. 
you just get it yeah exactly exactly anything any final thoughts you'd like listeners to hear no i think i think we covered a lot just um you know there is no timeline for your healing i think that's the most important thing five years ten years those moments i'm learning you know still pop up from time to time and um while we whatever you may believe you know they are always with you they'll send you reminders they'll, they'll whether it's in the people that you meet or you know the things that you pass on your day to day but i think in general you know they're always still with us in some way so if we can hold on to that um it makes us stronger and it helps you know build that relationship too with ourselves yeah stronger than we ask to be we weren't given a choice if anybody listening has lost a sibling or lost somebody while they were in college is there a way they can connect with you yeah, absolutely. Please follow me on um, social media. I'm on LinkedIn, or you can shoot me a message even on Facebook. I'm pretty active on social media. So um, my at is just at Jenna Parkany, and you can find me there and shoot me a message and we'll connect. Or if you want, you can send me an email. It's just jennaparkany at gmail.com too. You feel more private about doing that. The universe, you know, it's, it's always the simple things, but Jim's best friend uh, worked at Disney for oh. a period of time. And had, I mean, everybody that I know has had such amazing experiences and talks about it 20 years later. So I felt that connection when you were talking about Disney. There you go. See the signs of things, those little reminders pop up everywhere whenever you're not expecting it to. So that's so perfect. That's awesome. Thank you so much, not just for sharing your time, but for being so open about a topic that makes others uncomfortable, but is so necessary. Uh, I really appreciate it. And I know everyone listening does. Until next time, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.